That 85% of your engine wear occurs at startup? Yes, that is correct. And this is where lower the friction comes in by putting a protective, lubricating barrier on all moving parts. This now gives you full time protection to make your engine last longer, run smoother, give you better performance, and improve fuel economy. People across the country are reporting some very exciting results. Go to lowerthefriction.com, place your order, and enter in promo code SOS to get 5% off of your order. That's lowerthefriction.com. Well, hello everyone and welcome to the weekly Secrets of Saturn live stream. I am Jason Lindgren, your host. This week, Wayne McCroy comes back and Crow777. Just the three of us this week. Baldini had to sit this one out and uh, Rose didn't feel like coming on either, but that's okay. We'll, we'll get through. How's everyone doing? It's great to see you all here. We're going to talk about some pretty serious shite tonight and, well, it just needs to be done. But anyway, uh... I hopefully we will be getting some bottles of lower the friction out to everybody uh, here so that we can do some testing for Randy from Houston and let you guys know how well it works. Uh, I could already attest to that, but it's been about 10 months for me and I'm just going to redo mine and yeah, we'll just see how it goes. But anyway, and then we'll report our findings. So let's see how we're doing here. Looks like we're filling up. Got 150 people here. Awesome. How's, how's the D-Live? How are all those bears? Got almost 100 bears. How's it going, bears? All right. Let me put the link for the document one more time. So we've got a bunch of people here again. And then you can let me know later if you need it again. There you go. I actually thought of it ahead of time this week. But anyway, gentlemen, don't be quiet while I'm doing thingies and stuff. Woohoo! I'll make noise. <laughs> Somebody's <laughs> got to. Uh, Baldini had to sit this one out tonight. He has some important bald guy stuff to get caught up on. He, I don't does, know. he, he said does. something about inventorying or counting his hairbrushes or something. I don't know. Something like that. Well, two knows? weeks in a row. Truth is he found his extra cocaine and it was a lot more than he thought. <laughs> that <laughs> does he, happen. That's how he is. Big Dave in the house. All right. Here we go. Got the document. Okay, so. Again, this is, with, with no joking aside, this is some very serious shit. There's a lot of propaganda in here, and uh, this is how they're going to be hitting us over the head very, very soon. The reason why we're doing this is, of course, they're already talking about doing vaccine trials uh, starting December 14th, so <laughs> beware. 
The title of the document December is... December 14th. Huh? That's an interesting date for them to choose, isn't it? Well, you guys isn't want to break that, the, that uh, down first? Of the, that's the date the Electoral College uh, places its vote, doesn't it? Yes, I it think is. everything for the election is supposed to be finalized that day. Strange Indeed. coincidence there, huh? Totally strange. Crow, you still with us? I am. Okay, cool. All right, so the public's role in beer bug vaccination. Planning recommendations informed by, get this, design thinking and the social, behavioral, and communication sciences. A working group on readying populations for the beer bug vaccine, dated July 2020. The acknowledgments... This beer bug working group effort was supported by the National Science Foundation funded Social Science Extreme Events Research Network and the Converge Facility at the Natural Hazard Center at the University of Colorado Boulder. Any opinions, findings, and conclusions or recommendations expressed in this material are those of the authors and do not necessarily reflect the views of, of you know, who cares. All right. So. <laughs> uh, converge. You're on the verge of being conned. Uh, that's what they're telling you. Right there you go. <laughs> that's all you need to know, folks. Everything else is just <laughs> you details. You everybody. That was it. Oh. So uh, there are a lot of people here on this, uh, members and co-chairs and all that. Uh, is there anybody on here you'd like to point out, either one of you? Um, I scammed it. Nothing jumped out at me. Um... Uh, let me see. Uh, Syed Omer, Omer uh, or Omar, uh, how do you pronounce that? Uh, Director, Yale Institute for Global Health, Professor of Medicine, Infectious Disease, Yale School of Medicine, Susan Dwight Bliss, Professor of, I can't talk tonight, Professor <laughs> of Epidemiology of Microbial Diseases, Yale School of Public Health. There's an important person right there. I've heard that name before. Uh, let's see. Here's one for you. This dude, Ravi, is in charge of the Center for Health Security. Whatever the hell that is. Oh, yeah, that's a, that's a big thing there at Johns Hopkins. Uh, basically, this is the uh, the government subcontract group that uh, they've been running the whole COVID thing all through. Like, these are the people that actually put the numbers out, give the numbers to the CDC and, and on to these other agencies and stuff like that. These are the ones that are actually tallying the numbers and putting all the numbers together for all this stuff. Uh, so that's what that's about. Uh, Janice Brewer, I've heard her before. Global Disease Epidemiology and Control, Johns Hopkins. Uh, who else we got on here? Um, I haven't really heard of many of these other ones. But, uh, yeah, I mean, there's a couple of important big shots on the board here. Rex Long, that's just, you know, an interesting name. Rex, we, we all know the uh, the connotation with the name Rex, right? That's, we do. The, the the whole Latin kind of thing. Um, gotta get gotta get Rex in there. Gotta get the uh, association of the word king in there some way somehow. Because after all, it is the uh, age of Corona, the crown, which will actually be the age uh, after uh, or the era after uh, the twenty first. Uh, we'll be in Capricorn here before too too long. Ruled okay. ruled by the crown. The executive summary. Uh, 
This report considers human factors in relation to future vaccines against the novel beer bug, drawing on insights from design thinking and the social, behavioral, and communication sciences. It provides recommendations directed to both U.S. policymakers and practitioners, as well as non-traditional partners new to public health's mission of vaccination on how to advance public understanding of, access to, and acceptance of vaccines that protect against the beer bug. Yeah, because, you know, right before all this happened, anti the anti-vax movement was really doing a pretty good job. What do you think, guys? Oh, yeah. Well, they're oh so well-funded, you know. That's, that's the argument they give you all the time. These well-funded uh, anti-vaccine groups, um, you know, that that's not really true. Um, about 95% of all the anti-vax people that you see posting things online anywhere are independent people that get zero financial backing from anybody for any of their views. So where they get the idea that it's there's this well-funded group is is beyond me. Actually, I do understand where they get this from because you're talking about things like uh, uh, what is the name of uh, Dell Big Tree's group, uh, things like that. But that's actually, when it comes down to it, it's controlled opposition. I hate to burst people's bubble about that, but that is. Uh, they're, they're more about, uh, you know, quote-unquote safe vaccines rather than being against vaccines altogether. So they try to uh, kind of skirt the line there uh, between, uh, you know, what would be considered sound vaccine science and, and what was considered like safe vaccine science as compared to saying, you know, hey, you know what, these vaccines are are not safe at all rather than trying to make them more safe like they're, they're talking about or clean vaccines. I think that's another term that they use. That's that's what these people promote. They're still pushing the vaccine agenda, but they're saying, oh, we need to take all you know these ingredients and stuff out and we need to do more studies and this and that. That's the only well-funded groups I see uh, is, is that type of one, the ones that get a lot of public press, uh, get, the, get the push from the mainstream. That's it. So other than that, it, just about everybody else that you would ever see that takes some kind of an anti-vax uh, stance has had personal experience to have a reason to have anti-vax status like status like that to take that stance so uh these people are not well funded like the uh um propagandists over here from the big machine and the government agencies would like you to believe or like they would tell you that's not the case so if they're to point into groups like uh del big trees group i forget the name of it and uh you know similar groups to that um that's not the example because that's that's organized and uh, it's it's organized by the same people who are actually promoting the vaccines. They get a lot of monies from pro vaccine groups, believe it or not. So uh, this this is kind of one of the things But this is what they point to, just like everything else uh, within the quote unquote truth movement. Uh, anybody that gets all kinds of this this big mainstream push like that is usually controlled in one way, shape, or form. Whether they realize it or not, they're being used for a purpose from uh, these, these people that are trying to control these agendas at the top. It's just the, uh, the, uh, the other side of the argument, you see, because this is how they, they control everything. It's a classic Hegelian dialectic. Control both sides of the argument to steer the conversation any way you want to go. And how they're using this a aspect of it is to try to steer people towards, oh, well, we're not anti-vaccine. We're just safer vaccine. 
you, you see how it goes. They, they kind of play those games all day long with this kind of stuff. So that's the only reason I could see that they could use that kind of an argument there. But uh, I think we're getting a little way away from, uh, you know, what we're talking about here. Uh, you know, so maybe we should get back to the document now. Right. We could we could all we could almost just sum up the executive summary and decode what it's actually saying. Um, there's a small percentage of people out there that drool in front of the news every night that are afraid and they'll line up and ask for it. But the majority of people who haven't seen bodies stacking up to the ceiling are going to need to be convinced there's a need for this. Um, that's actually what's going on. And by the way, you'll notice that they are using in parentheses here the SARS-CoV-2 moniker they put on it. SARS is a verbatim 9-11 encode, by the way. Um, but it just goes to show... Yeah. Did the dog come in? All right. So let's get into this document. The problem. The protracted beer bug pandemic has placed multiple stresses on the U.S. public. The threat of illness and death, the isolating effects of physical distancing measures, and the uncertainties and hardships associated with disrupted economic activities. Uh, well, let's stop right there and just say those were all put into place by you, whomever governmental bodies you want to point at. Nobody asked for that. Moving on. Precisely. People's resilience is being sorely tested. The scientific community, with support of the federal government, is taking extraordinary steps to develop beers, beer bugs vaccines as swiftly as possible and along the way to inspire hope that relief is coming. Funny, I don't really see anything barely being wrong. <clears throat> Despite vaccinations promise of release, some Americans, including those most at risk of beer bug impacts, may miss out on or opt out of this life-preserving public health measure. Okay, I'm calling time out right there. Carry uh, on. This, this is not a life-preserving public health measure, first of all. It hasn't been tested yet, so they're they're just saying that outright here. That that's fraud on the face of it. It, it does not preserve your life in any way, shape, or form. No vaccine preserves your life in any way, shape, or form. Okay, that is an out and out false statement. That's fraud on the face of it. So how they can make a bold statement like that and you know uh, actually think that they're serious about that. Uh, that's just hubris right there on the part of these people. It's just out-and-out out hubris because there is no actual way to uh, determine, first of all, did a vaccine save your life? Did it, you know what I mean? How do they determine that? And every year that they come out with these figures, they put out these figures, it's estimated that the measles vaccine saved 6 million lives this year. Well, where do you pull that number from? I'll tell you where they pull that number from. Out of thin air. There's no way to determine how many lives have been saved by a particular vaccine ever. It's all just guesswork. And it's the same thing with uh, what they're doing with this modern pandemic, this quote-unquote pandemic they're pushing here. It's all guesswork. They use very sophisticated computers and algorithms to uh, make out up these uh, different uh, models that they use, these computer models, but it's still all based on guesswork. And there's nothing really measurable that they use to determine uh, what it is they're looking for. In fact, uh, there, there's just so many holes in the whole argument that it, it would take probably 
two, three hours just to go through all the holes in the whole problem with this whole pandemic. But I don't want to get off on too much of a tangent because I want to keep this focused on this whole vaccine thing. So uh, maybe we should uh, just there, there's some, shut Jason, my mouth here and let somebody else talk. Well, as Jason goes through it, we should notice, you know, they were talking about all the experts in communication and behavioral science. Look at how they're structuring the sentence. The very next sentence um, will never use a negative to say whether the vaccine's safe or not. So when Jason reads it, listen, it's all positive connotation. Vaccines are safe, whether they're questioning, whether, uh, you know, not that's true. This whole document, I've been skimming it, is written the whole way. It's kind of a mind bender. On purpose, of course. Of course. Some may worry about whether beer bug vaccines are safe or if they work at all. Some may be mistrustful of vaccine manufacturers, the agencies that regulate the industry, and or the public health authorities recommending the products. For others, the issue may be excess. Will a beer bug vaccine be affordable, easy to get to without losing wages or taking public <laughs> transportation and risking infection, and or provided in a place that feels safe? Well, I'm pretty sure they already did a good job of roading all those things. Under the these wages, circumstances, yeah, what wages? <laughs> <laughs> under these circumstances, what can be done to ensure that U.S. populations, particularly low, particularly those at high risk for serious illness, benefit from beer bug vaccines. With the current lag time in vaccine availability, U.S. vaccination planners and implementers can exercise foresight and take proactive steps now to overcome potential hurdles to vaccine uptake. Man, they should just get a guy with a 50s voice going, COVID-19 vaccines and you vaccine uptake it's crazy but what's a bit ironic about this is i don't know two three years ago all you heard was there's too many people in the world now all they're saying is everyone's gonna die and we're trying to save y'all but we'll have a great reset at the same time yeah it's Mm. it's a bit much name another we were talking about this the other day name another supposed tragedy or hardship in the history of the world where you went into the hardship and immediately it was, well, when we get through this tough time, we'll get back to normal as soon as we can. Has anyone noticed that that's never been the narrative here? Um, That the narrative has been, oh, this terrible thing's happened and we're never getting back to normal. There's a new normal or there's, you know, uh, it's it's quite plain on the face of it what's going on here. But I'm just now, I haven't even been looking at this stuff, how they're writing SARS-CoV-2 um, it's unreal what's going on. All this stuff hovers around Saturnian ideas. Um, all of it, even even the pandemic. The name pandemic is derived from the Greek god Pan, which is the horned one, which of course can be shown to be in one allegory Satan and in another allegory Father Time, which is Saturn, which is Kronos. Um, it's unreal. They are playing so heavily on this, the age switch that I'm going to try to prove we're going to have here shortly. Actually, we, we had the age switch, I think, a long time ago, but there's like a transition period. Um, the point is, is that one of the major rulers of this era is supposedly Saturn, and all this is geared in that direction. And before I shut up, another indicator is just pay attention to all the air stuff, all the renaming of things to include air ideas like air buds or air beer or digital currency, which is money through the air, no longer in the water. Those are other indicators I would point out. All this is being leveraged off that. Uh, the gold demic of pan. Uh, yep. Demic, actually, when you, you look at the word origins, when you're talking about pan, he was considered to be a, a god or figure uh, representing nature. 
And the word demic is derived from, I believe it was an ancient Greek uh, word. I don't remember the exact origin of it, but it meant to be broken. So they're breaking nature. That's what this is about. And it ties in once again to all the other things we talk about, how they're trying to break the natural order and, uh, you know, make it a totally artificial system. So that's exactly what that's encoded there. Think of the word demic. It has demi. And so if we're going to use the the benchmark, which is Greek mythology, a demigod would be a god that's not all the way god, half human or at least part human. Um, in other words, not not the real McCoy. Um, that's also wrapped up in, and underscores what Wayne just said. Yeah, it's 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 not the real genuine article. It's broken or it's changed in some way. Right. And that's just putting aside like, you know, the actual, you know, quote unquote, scientific reasoning and stuff here and looking at it from more of the uh, alchemical take or the, uh, um, you know, that kind of a take on things, the natural science take uh, the, you know, these different principles and stuff that the people in positions of power use, how they uh, leverage uh, different archetypes, like mythological archetypes and stuff to their favor. It's, it's very insidious. Like even just the way they name things, um, you, you could know a little something about uh, breaking down uh, well, what the we, original meaning of the name is. We, we should point out, cause people think that they're just leveraging off these myths they like, but that's really not it. Um, all those myths are referencing the sky clock. The sky clock is the arbiter of all the possibilities that happen here. Um, you could liken it to the cymatics stuff we've done. We're about to do an episode on colored light. Um, all these things are the energies that come from above that for the first thing you'll notice down here is the seasons. Well, what causes the seasons? Sky clock causes the seasons. And for the critters, if you don't think that seasons is enough, you can show that they breed or do all the things critters do uh, because of what the sun or moon or, or, or where you are in the period of a year or the acceptable year of the Lord. So actually what's being encoded here is a vast knowledge of the sky clock, which is being allegorized through the mythology, but it's actually in real life leveraging on real possibilities derived from real energies from people who understand. I don't want the words astronomy or astrology anymore because they've been beat to death and they're worthless to us, but who understand the energies of the sky clock. And all this stuff is coded to the flip we're about to take uh, at the low point of the sun um, and the great conjunction, of course. Cross-cutting recommendation. Put people at the center of a revolutionary beer bug vaccine enterprise. Oh, sounds like a pyramid scheme. U.S. research... Revolutionary. (laughs) Notice the word revolutionary. U.S. research requires reconfiguring, reconfiguring to value the contributions of both bioscience and social and behavioral science to inform beer bug vaccine development. If embedded within... The beer bug response, rapid social, behavioral, and communication science can deliver timely data and empirically based advice to support vaccine delivery strategies and uptake. In the beer bug vaccine enterprise, communities can be active research partners rather than passive study subjects. Finally, human centered design principles, aka design thinking, can help improve the planning and implementation of the beer bug vaccination program. So they seem really determined to make sure that people will, will swallow this crap. 
I, I just stumbled on something pretty astonishing here because I kept seeing cross-cutting and I thought, you know, that's a weird thing to do. They're clearly doing it for a reason. So I did a lookup. Um, the word cross-cutting is to alternate one sequence with another, typically used when editing a movie. Um, but with all the work that people are doing with places like Moderna, uh, making the claim that the name is to modify RNA, and you see these very carefully crafted from the main players, COVID docs, uh, using the term cross-cutting, it literally means to alternate one sequence with another. There's something to think about. And not only that, just to add to what you're saying, also that uh, Moderna vaccine, uh, if I'm not mistaken, as well as I think also possibly the Pfizer vaccine and um I'm not sure if all three of them that are out now that they, they've said now have been successful that they claim or whatever, but most of them come in a two-part series. So you're getting two different shots. So there, that goes along with that cross-cutting idea. It's pretty scary. Makes uh, you wonder. It does. All right. The they, point's they, under they, here. You, that, that language is weird, and to, to have used it was by choice, but it, it's not a free-flowing language to have used. Joined by private foundations, Operation Warp Speed should commit a portion of its budget and work through the National Institutes of Health, the National Science Foundation, and the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention to support rapid response research into the human factors related to beer bug vaccination. NIH should adapt the Accelerating Beer Bug Therapeutic Interventions and Vaccines model to include social behavioral research on beer bug vaccination. Do you, do you get what that, that says? That's saying... They're going to propagandize you. That's what that's saying. Well, they, they see how know people reacting against it, to the whole right? thing and then figure out how to manipulate them to doing what it is we want. Minority-serving institutions are well-placed for partnering with communities in which hyper-localized understanding of vaccine access and acceptance issues is very much needed. Ah, you mean people actually standing up for themselves. State and local yep. health officials, along with university researchers from the social, behavioral, and communication sciences, should partner with grassroots groups in projects to understand how their communities are thinking about and wanting to learn more about the beer bug vaccines. All right. <laughs> wanting uh -huh. to learn more of that. Yeah. That's, that's, that's uh, targeting specific communities. Like, seriously, that's what that is. That's propagandizing propagandizing specific communities. That's what they do. That, that's they, what they're they know talking this about. stuff like, now, man. This is what they've been doing for yeah. decades. They figured this out ages ago. Yeah, man. They're, they're targeting specific groups of people with this and figuring out how do we trick the, uh, like, this is basically what it means. How do we trick this person into taking this poison that they don't want? Well, that's why this they want the grassroots thing, man. Because that means they can get people in specific areas who will do the work for them. It's like, well, they're part of their, their group there, so they will be more than more likely to listen because they're familiar with them. They're part of their group. Right. That's the thing. And that's that's kind of an insidious thing. That's that's how they do a lot of this stuff. Or they take an already existing grassroots movement and infiltrate it and then twist it uh, to do whatever it is they're looking to do. And in this case, uh, they're looking at... Uh, you know, basically small communities or, or groups of people try and infiltrate these groups and see how can we how can we switch them, their thought process into accepting this. And, and that's exactly what they're trying to do. This is social engineering on a grand scale. And this is exactly the, the kinds of things we've been talking about for years now. Well, never, never before have we seen anything implemented with such bald face maliciousness 
as to and where Jason and I are about to run a show from a nurse whose job was threatened. You take this shot or you're out of work. And that's after they'd signed a contract with her, by the way. Uh, it's a hell of a tale. And we tell it, I think, next time around after tonight's episode. Point is, is when a thing is needed and people want it, you don't have to coerce. And there is more coercion going on than I've ever seen in my lifetime. I sit here every day and in a week I probably see 100 emails from people whose livelihood uh, and well-being is being threatened if they don't submit. Uh, to the testing and to the inoculation and that on the face of it should tell everyone what's going on here absolutely you're correct there because if you have to be uh, first of all propagandized in this way uh, first of all to believe that there's a pandemic and second of all you know to want to accept this alleged cure for this alleged pandemic um, then something's wrong okay and that's what people need to seem to don't seem to understand like the public at large they believe what's coming across on their tv yet they go out in their community and it doesn't look like that out in their own community so it's ridiculous uh, that's the thing it's it's these narratives that the, these big media companies and stuff push that's pushed in our face all the time on social media on the television in the news and it's all just narrative it's 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 a script and that's the problem. And people are buying into the script, even though they go out in their own town. Okay, they don't see this going on. They don't see people dropping dead in the streets or anything. Um, they're, they don't see the evidence of it, yet they're convinced of it. And therefore, you know, they want to line up for this. But I, I could tell you, just the people I talk to, even the ones that are kind of, you know, they're, they're pro-vaccine or whatever, they want no part of this thing because it's you know so rushed and uh, not really tested anything that that's so like the vast majority of the american population wants nothing to do with this vaccine when it comes down to it and most people don't even see why it's necessary when if you look at the numbers the numbers who overcome this alleged illness um it's it's like a 99.6 percent recovery rate or something like that so why would you want a 95 percent effective vaccine <laughs> when you have a 99.6% chance of overcoming it with your immune system. Like, it's not even, it for, defies logic, and most for, people yeah, don't want for, anything to do with it. For any of this to be real, everyone would have to know somebody who's no longer with us, and that's just not the case. And when you take a careful enough look at what we're being presented with, uh, how do you ever take bubonic plague or any of the stories you've heard before seriously? Um, you can't. Uh, it's impossible. We're, we're told uh, last time around that something like a third of the world's population disappeared. And I'm calling poppycock because I'm being told that now um, in, in my little state of Rhode Island. Um, it, it's excruciating to watch the just nonsensical BS that's pushed, then watch the CDC come out and admit, oh, only 6% of our numbers were right. And then they come out a month later and say, oh, guess what? The death rate for 2020 is lower than the death rate in 2019. It's just unreal because they spend 200 days telling lies and then they spend one hour saying, oops, we got it wrong. And then they go right back to telling their lies again. And so... The real problem, <laughs> if you really examine this whole thing, the real problem is media. Um, media is actually the epidemic that we are dealing with. 
Oh, you have never said a more true thing, Crow, and you've said a lot of true things, man. So <laughs> that's that's 100% spot on the media, and we've broken down the media so much on your show. I mean, just go back to, uh, what was it, episode 171, when we talked about uh, the advent of CNN and the 24-hour news cycle and how they, they ran <laughs> away with using that. Using an archetype, right? Doing the same Absolutely. thing that's going on here. Um, you know, that's another thing, Wayne. We could probably go back to that CNN launch and tie it to what's going on in the sky and try to start showing everybody that this is real. Um, they understand the energies that are going to be around, and that makes energies make possibilities. Maybe it doesn't guarantee what happens, but it's the difference between I got to move this heavy thing, and here's a greased skid that I can use, or I can push it across gravel. Really, that's the analogy here. So when you understand when the time is right, you're getting a grease skid. Um, it's much more likely that what you're endeavoring to do is going to work, particularly with the real epidemic here, which is media, because that changes so many minds. And what the minds are up to matters in all this. I would say that media is probably the number one primary tool that is used to uh, bring about this fantasy-based reality that no uh, we talk about all the time. This, no this is the main tool that they use against the human mind to twist the human mind into believing in a reality that doesn't really exist. Well, and, and that's the thing. It, it warps the mind to these fantastical ideas. Well, the, the other thing that's going on here is spiritual in nature. Everyone's being moved further and from their divine origin because if you consider things that I say all the time, like there is no lie in nature. Why? Because it's the creation made by the creator, whatever, whoever that is. And it's the best we got to look at. So if you want to look at the inoculation schedule, which we're about to cover with the nurse I mentioned earlier, who told us in her nursing school, she was told that a 24 month year old baby now gets 24 inoculations. That's one inoculation for every month of life till they're 24 months old. So what you're basically buying into, if you're a parent who's allowing that to be done to your child, is that we're not divine, and nature is not perfect, and without all these clever little serums and gizmos and gadgets and chemical crap we can come up with, uh, this doesn't work anymore, and it's not true. Human beings have been here for however long, and this idea they needed to get jabbed to survive is like a second on the clock compared to the amount of time we've been here. So the idea here that's going on with the mask is another good example. Um, they're getting you to voluntarily cover your spirit. Um, so if you understood the sky clock, you would see that people who really get it measure the first breath of an infant as that's where the ingesting of the spirit of their particular life begins. So all these things have a spiritual side, and what we're looking at is a dark onslaught. And by the way, um, if you pay attention to what they're playing on TV, you'll see what I'm getting at. Like they've been playing the fifth element over and over and over and over. I've been seeing it in the listings. Um, what's that about? It's about evil that shows up every so many hundred years, right? Right? Clockwork. Well, how do they know when 300 years has elapsed? Well, the sky clock tells them when 300 years has elapsed. So make no mistake about what's actually foot here recommendation number one understand and inform public expectations about vaccine benefits risks and supply much is still unknown about what the diverse u.s public knows believes feels cares about hopes and fears 
in relation to beer bug vaccines. Nonetheless, some trends are worrisome. Optimistic projections about vaccine development timelines and emphasis on unprecedented speed appear to be fostering unrealistic expectations about availability, as well as safety concerns about rushed product or compromised safety guards. Some communities are worried about being the future subject of experimentation. Underestimated beer bug disease risk engendered by an uneven government response could dampen future public demand for vaccines. In advance could, of a could, year, could, could dampen their market. That's what that means, right? What else could that mean? In other words, we want a vaccine market, and this could ruin it. Well, you notice how they pre-programmed everybody with with flu shot, flu shot, flu shot, flu shot. Every single place you go, flu shot. Well, everybody knows that the beer bug is just supposed to be a really bad flu. So they've got that was just like another thing they were doing to program everybody. Like, oh yeah, you can you can have a vaccine for that, sure. Well, it's, it's even worse than that because, yeah, while you were driving by – and by the way, when is lunch ever free? Those vaccines were freaking free for years, and they were targeting the old people where I live who were on limited budgets and telling them, we'll give you $35 in groceries if you get the flu shot. Um, it starts out, you got to pay for the flu shot. Well, if you can't pay for it, we'll give you a voucher. Well, then it keeps going on and on and on, and pretty soon it's all, we'll give you $35 in groceries to take this damn shot. But think about the other side of the coin, the mental side beyond that exposure to the needle nonstop. Think of something that was popular in media like Batman, where Bane was wearing the very mask. Like, you notice how the masks keep getting bigger? Pretty soon you won't be able to see people's ears. Reminds me of Bane every time I see it. But there was another one. The Watchmen came back, if people remember, right before, you know, the last season before all this came on. And the whole premise there was is all law enforcement has to cover its face for their safety. So it was full spectrum, the the implementation of this. And when you understand it's full spectrum, it goes beyond just the, the convergence of media, which really is the epidemic of our time. Um, but what about Hollywood and TV? And what about your so-called government? They're all complicit, all of them. Um, and when you look at movies like that, they'll make shots where you'll see politicians or guys from Fox News will actually be part of the Hollywood movie. They're all complicit in trying to help change your mind and get you used to a thing that you shouldn't be getting used to. Absolutely. And a one-to-one -one allegory for what's going on today would be the movie I Am Legend. You guys remember that one? Did there you it see is. that one? Yep, with Will the Smith. Day with a needle, right? Absolutely. And it's, it's the zombie apocalypse. Isn't that what we're going through right now? Pretty much. People walking around, staring at their smartphones with a mask covering their face, covering their spirit. Zombies. people, yep, covering their spirit, no doubt. Zombies. And this one guy, he, you know, he had the cure, and it was the vaccine that he made uh, from, you know, his, his own blood, from human DNA, which is very much used in a lot of vaccines. Uh, not just human DNA, but DNA from uh, aborted fetuses. Uh, to make it a little more sinister. And uh, even though they will claim, oh, well, none of that actually gets into the vaccine, the amounts that get in it is so traced that uh, it's it's not harmful in any way, shape, or form. They're, they're ridiculous with this, like trying to deny what has been done in the quote-unquote name of science with this stuff. Um, it's evil to the core, a lot of it. And uh, there's there's no place for that. There's no need for that. Um and, well, you know, you can you could look this stuff up, folks, if you're you think I'm making it up. It's look up anything that's MRC five 
uh, WI38 wall vax to uh, look at these vaccine ingredients. That's what this is. This is aborted fetuses being used in the vaccines and uh, to develop and grow the cultures for the vaccines. That's that's what it's about. In advance of a beer bug vaccine rollout, federal health agencies should develop a coordinated national promotion strategy employing human-centered design to develop interventions that help a broad network of champions communicate effectively with the public about risks, benefits, allocation and targeting, and availability. Well, you know, if they hadn't killed off uh, Iron Man and, and Captain America and all that, they probably could have used those guys, right? <laughs> they played their part. <laughs> they played their role. Those movies were loaded with empty streets and empty theaters right before all this happened. Again, warping your mind to get used to what we were about to see. Um, and it's not over yet. Um, we'll see where this goes. But notice every bit of language in the bullet point you just read. It's just corporate mumbo jumbo, mm -hmm. uh, double speak, news speak. And the problem here rah, is rah, you rah. get used to. Yeah, to corporate speak, but they're talking about human beings here. Um, they're not talking about the latest rollout desk they just designed. And it's starting to be a bit stunning how in your face all the kind of marketing jargon uh, directed directly at human beings is getting. It's out in the open now. They don't they don't couch it at all. No, they've, they've uh, really done away with... Uh being subtle about things anymore <laughs> it's i i think that they they feel that the public is so far gone at this point that they could tell them anything they want or do anything they want and the public won't respond at all and but, that kind of you know goes to show just how much they've uh, advanced uh this uh, social engineering type of uh, technologies and stuff that they use but before Jason reads the next bullet point, I'll ask a simple question. How can Congress or any portion of government fund anything if the system that we've been told and how it works is true? Because they basically broke, Lord knows what percentage, 50, 60, 70, 80 percent of small business. Um, they've put Lord knows how many hundreds of thousands of people out of work, which means that their tax revenue, which was what they always try to get us to believe is running this joint, um, must be a pittance of what it ever was. So how do they fund anything these days? Um, and that's another thing. It shows us that the, the fiat, the explanation for how the fiat worked is not true. Um, it's just printed out of thin air. And they flooded the whole world with fiat. The central banks, the first thing they did is they flooded every other central bank in the world with dollars uh, the minute this happened. Remember when Bush spent, I forget what it was, $600 trillion or something on TARP and everyone almost lost their cookies they were doing that every six hours when this started and it's been going on ever since hmm. um so it just goes to show you that it's a complete facade all of it but there it is now now read the <laughs> the next bullet point jason so people can think about it the cdc with the support of congress should fund state and local health departments via the Public Health Emergency Preparedness Grants to form partnerships with grassroots-level organizations, practitioners, and other stakeholders to engage early and often with communities around beer bug vaccination. <laughs> Wouldn't the human beings that are at risk of dying be the ultimate stakeholders here? I'm just asking. One would think, but yeah, uh, one would think. I, I don't think they're the ones that are going to directly profit from these vaccines, though. 
Well, they're certainly not stakeholders. <laughs> they, they're the people that got to be convinced that all this is in their in their best interest while they're being threatened with losing their job. They might be stakeholders in the sense of like a vampire is a stakeholder, you know, when you jam the stake into the vampire. <laughs> that kind of thing. That's about it. But, uh, yeah, what they've done to the economy is egregious. It really is how they've uh, pretty much decimated small businesses worldwide. It's it's a huge wealth transfer when they're, it comes down to it. Well, they're taking over. We've already seen some kind of nationalism, technical socialism. I don't even know what to call it. We know the government has merged with corporation. Um, well, the, the corporation we call government has merged with corporation. Um, but think of all the people who there's no way that they can pay rent. We've already seen the orders go out. Don't boot people out of houses. We've already seen the orders out. IRS layoff. Um, we've already seen all these things that used to be, there's no way um, that's ever going to stop. You can't pay your rent. They're going to throw your ass in the street. Well, that's been pushed aside so you can see what's coming. They're going to try to force everyone on the socialism tit um, where you're waiting patiently for your $1,200 check subsistence living. Um, and if you don't do what you're supposed to do, you don't get paid. It's the ultimate form of control and breaking all the businesses. And I'm convinced that they've set up the state governments, among others, uh, to fail big time. Because how long can it be before someone seriously takes these places to court? Um, any federal judge that's even doing a semblance of his job uh, will show that they've they've broken the worst rules you can break. All right, recommendation number two. Earn the public's confidence that vaccine allocation and availability are even-handed. Plans for beer bug vaccine accessibility in terms of product affordability and material distribution have yet to be developed or communicated. Absent any evidence to the contrary, social and economic inequalities, racially biased health systems, and a politicized pandemic environment could influence public perceptions about fairness in relation to vaccine allocation since when are any medical practices racially biased? This is the 21st century as far as I know. Past experience suggests transparency and community engagement at the outset could boost public confidence that allocation decision-making is neither capricious nor unjustly weighed in favor of some people over others. Oh boy, that's a mouthful, huh? Yeah, because <laughs> everyone's just going to be standing in line fighting for that yeah. shot. Guys, I'm getting hey, I want cold. to get things on for a minute here. Okay. I'll yeah, right basically, I, I don't see anybody lining up to get this vaccine. Uh, most people I talk to will say, let somebody else get it first and let's wait and see what happens to them before I would go ahead and get it. So, like, that that's what most people who don't really have any kind of a vaccine stance, like they don't, they're, you know, they're pro-vax, they're, they're bought into all the... Uh, the social engineering that the vaccine is this great technology or whatever that's been brought to us and they don't even want it. So I think they're going to really have a problem on their hands. If people by and large say, nah, we're not getting it. They're going to have this oversupply of these things. And uh, honestly, I wouldn't be su surprised if uh, they start, you know, uh, attaching all kinds of perks to getting this vaccine or, or using it, in place of other vaccines like um I, I wouldn't be surprised if something else they they start using it as for something else like in place of a flu vaccine or something even 
or um, restless toe syndrome. Maybe they'll start using it for restless toe syndrome. Did <laughs> yeah, you, you never Wayne, know. did you see this thing where people had dug up a patent from, I think it was two years ago, uh, 2018, uh, that the Rothschilds held a patent for a COVID vaccine two years ago? I saw something like that to that effect. Yeah, it was some sort of a coronavirus vaccine or something like that. Um, Long before yeah, anyone had ever heard of it. Right, right. And that, that's the thing. I mean, it's 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 crazy. Um, like all this stuff. It, I'll tell you, things like this don't happen by accident. They took this whole thing and they rolled with it. This stuff has been planned for years, decades in the making. Decades. We could look back. Uh, how, how many documents have we torn apart here? Just showing yeah. the pre-planning that went into all of this. Um, and people still... It, you know, will believe that it's coincidence and, you know, this thing's really bad and they, they care about us. So they, they really want to try and do the best thing for us. They're protecting us. They're protecting you by stealing your livelihood, your income, uh, your lifestyle, your family, your very breath, your very breath of life they're stealing from you. And I, it still boggles my mind how people could see this as a caring government that's that's just there to protect you from yourself like you know you're you're a petulant child or something you can't make decisions for yourself like you know if you're sick on christmas or something uh you know your average person if if you have the flu or something okay and you're home sick in bed and it's christmas time you're probably not going over your sister's house or whatever you know what i'm saying you'll call them and say hey i'm sick i don't think it's best if i come right and that's it but they've kind of taken that away from the people now and they're deciding for you like as if you don't know any better you're you know that you're stupid that you wouldn't know that if you're sick you stay away from people and the biggest thing is they've convinced you that even though you're not sick it doesn't mean that you're not sick so <laughs> you better stay away from people because you could get them sick too it's it's the most preposterous thing that there is def totally defies logic in any way shape or form whatsoever and yet People are just going along and complying with this nonsense. And, yeah, but and how, how many really most... are, I would ask, though, Wayne? The, the news would lead you to believe, but in real life, is that what we see? Um, sometimes I think way too many people are into it, but like when I cruise around today, it used to be people would come to work at my house with a mask, and I said, I don't want you working at my house if you feel the need to wear a mask, if you don't <laughs> feel safe, um, or people would come and say, hey, man, you don't got to wear that mask. I'm not concerned in the least. No one shows up with a mask anymore. No one. Um, but you got to keep another thing in mind. Um, the rules that we're going to talk about with KL tonight uh, that made us all enemy combatants, among other things, and surety against a bankrupt corporation called government, um, there's another steel-toed boot that's coming to drop. And from some of my pretty good connections, it's coming without doubt in 21 um, is the monetary reset but nobody but nobody seems to have any kind of a good grasp on what it means are they going to devalue everything or are they going to and nobody knows and not only that um, it appears that the the digital dollar is going to be a big war within a war because places like uh, PayPal have put billions into crypto but that is not the Federal Reserve digital dollar so there's a bunch of shoes about to drop, and you can only imagine if they were willing to break all those businesses and force so many people out of paychecks and then tell people who would ev evict them, don't evict them, and tell the 
IRS don't hassle them um, because we took their livelihood. We're going to let them stew and pour for a while. Uh, what do you suppose is going to happen when the monetary reset comes? You know, if everyone's lining up like good little monkeys and taking the shot, maybe not so much. But you can see where I'm going here. That's yeah. another boot that's going to drop this coming year, almost certainly. Ryan S., thanks yeah. for the uh, super chat. He says they could give the healthcare workers a placebo first and say, see, it's safe, and give the general population the death shot. Well, I guess that's always a, a feasible possibility. Um, here's another big secret, guys, I'll put out there for anybody interested. Any vaccine study that you do, any safety studies that the vaccine companies do when they manufacture these vaccines, do you know what the placebo is that they give to the, the control group or the, uh, um, you know, the control group in the study? Do you know what the placebo is I, for I any vaccine trial? I it's remember. Another, it's another vaccine, it's, isn't it? It's another vaccine, precisely. Or if they don't use the vaccine, they just give you the adjuvants that, were, that go in the vaccine instead. Uh, it's crazy. They give you some of the ingredients, but not the actual uh, virus or whatever the disease is that they're they're trying to inoculate you against. So there's no such thing as a pure placebo in any vaccine trial, any vaccine study whatsoever. Never been done. They don't it, use it, saline vaccines. It, it almost feels like one of the big goals here is to get as many people vaccinated as you can. But really, the game is the long game further a long game, like 20 years from now, it's commonplace that once a week you go in and get your shot. Um, and at that point, you've got total control because nobody knows what's in that stuff. Um, we're all pretty aware of all the bad things we can identify from the past. Um, but if everyone buckled, they'd kind of get what they want a lot sooner, I think. But if everyone said no, um, they'd have to regroup, wouldn't they? Uh, because everything is an offer. You cannot be forced to do this against your will or someone's paying the price for violating universal law. And universal law is, what? how else would you say it? God's law, the creator's law, the law that runs nature. Um, that's why everything is an offer. And that's why so much effort is made to to change your mind into going along or into fooling you into going along or into threatening you into going along. Cause even threatened, you're the guy saying, okay, here, here's my arm. Do it. Uh, still your choice. The U S government should take steps to make the vaccine available at no cost for all Americans and publicly pledge that everyone who wants a beer bug vaccine will get a beer bug vaccine. <laughs> what does that tell you? Right there. When <laughs> tell them what they win, to... Johnny. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, chronic illness, <laughs> for one, probably, possibly death. Uh, that's, that's what their prize is uh, with this lovely free vaccine. Anything that they put billions upon billions upon billions of research dollars into that they're giving away for free um, guess what? You're the product, guys. You're the product. We've, we've talked about this before. Uh, they do not spend that kind of money on something like this and give it away. And so especially if they're making it available in the numbers to cover, you know, the population of the entire world, allegedly here, they're, you know, at giving it away free they're not making any revenue on it well not directly anyway but when you get sick from the the uh, side effects of it and you know develop chronic diseases and chronic illnesses and uh, autoimmune disorders and stuff later in life you'll be back uh, 
<laughs> that's how they view it. See, why would you trust somebody with your health that profits from you not being healthy? <laughs> that's the bottom line. That's the question people need to ask. It's it's pretty the whole crosscut thing and everything. I'm look, still looking at this the the segment swapping. There, there's almost certainly something going on with so-called DNA, whatever that means. Hmm. With stakeholder and public feedback and facilitation by a neutral third party, a bullshit, the CDC should reassess its pandemic vaccine allocation and targeting strategy, which last received external input in 2007 and 2008 using multiple forms of widespread public engagement that would function well in the current context of physical distancing and uneven access to communication technologies. <laughs> mm. So if you take the shot, we'll give you the latest iPhone 12. <laughs> ding, ding, ding. There you By go. By the way, we there is, yeah, there's COVID tracking. And you know what? Um, well, I'm not even going to go into it. We went to go... <laughs> We went to go, you know, these alerts, the Amber Alerts, they have the covert alerts apparently that go out on the phones. And, you know, my our common friend is a hacker. We went in to disable the, the, the COVID alert, and it was, like, unreal how far they buried it into everything. And even after everything was off, it still showed up. That's astounding. That's, that's how far they, they've planned this out, to be able to embed something that deeply... Uh, into devices like that, into a program. Someone took uh, a bite out of that apple. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, that, that should be very telling right there. OWS, CDC, the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services, and state and local health officials should develop operational systems that involve non-traditional civilian partners and instill public confidence that vaccine distribution is even-handed. CDC should develop consistent guidelines and rubrics for evaluating operational systems on principles of effectiveness and equity. This is complete nonsensical BS because even if any of this was as it was being described, the last thing people would be worried about was even-handedness. They'd be worried about safety. Is it effective? Does it work? Not even-handedness. Um, and by the way, where the hell do you get an acronym OWS? It's OW. Is that a joke? If it's OWS. a joke, it's important. It's all yeah, a joke, owl. Crow. Isn't one great big sick joke. Unreal. Where's the L? Maybe they missed their L. Recommendation number three. Make vaccination available in safe, familiar, and convenient places. <laughs> Once beer bug vaccines are produced, they will need to be made available to the public. This will entail assessing local vaccination capacities and addressing any inadequacies. It will also require working with community members and particularly members of minority and other marginalized communities to establish vaccination sites that will be accessible and feel safe. Finally, throughout the vaccination process, public health authorities will need to provide up-to-date, comprehensive, and trustworthy information about vaccination opportunities. Isn't this almost like saying there's nothing safe about this? How can we make them feel safe about this? <laughs> it's almost like they're Precisely. saying we know people don't want this. How can we make how can we convince I, them that this is the most awesome thing ever? It's I know. Un, it's unreal. It everywhere. Everywhere they go. Let's make it available everywhere they go. <laughs> we can put it in their cheeseburgers. 
The CDC and relevant professional organizations that set standards for local public health practitioners should consolidate evidence on what has worked well at the level of state and local public health departments for making vaccines widely accessible and locally acceptable. Local and state... Sorry, I Good. was just going to say, I think they'll have a harder time making it locally acceptable more so than widely accessible. They'll, 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 they'll get to the point. If this doesn't catch on, they'll get to the point where they'll offer 100 hits of Oxycontin if you'll take <laughs> the shot. <laughs> you watch. So well, they're definitely going to up the game if, if en masse people are going, uh-uh, not for me. You'll see. They'll start rolling it out. Who knows what the incentives will be, but they'll start doing something. Local and state public health agencies should explore collaborations with interagency and non-government partners to, one, use non-traditional sites, for example, places of worship, senior centers, as vaccination sites, and two, explore opportunities to bundle beer bug vaccination with other safety net services. Oh, did you want to eat this week? Well, you got to take the shot. Well, here, here, here comes the occult portion of it again uh if you remember back to the cymatics things uh i read these really old documents uh was it part of the falconelli series i don't remember but when you have a house of worship that's the only thing it should ever be used for because the cymatics embed and uh exalt over time in other words if you only ever prayed in the place it would truly be a house of worship because over a hundred years nothing else but prayer was ever done there and right on the top of the list here is we need to get our evil ass shot in houses of worship while yep, you're er. covering your spirit with a corporate veil. Yep, yeah. er, churches, senior centers, you know, let's target the most vulnerable. And that that's basically what it says. Uh, when you look at the underpinnings, okay, of, of these people that are actually pushing these things and running these things, it's all eugenics based. So it is. they. They want to eliminate what they call the quote-unquote useless eaters. So, of course, they're going to pick senior centers. Um, of course, they want to take, you know, pick places of worship, too, for the same, the very reasons that you just explored there, Crow. That's exactly why they they want to taint, um, you know, the, this holiness or this this expression Desecrate. of worship. Desecrate. Yeah, that's, Desecrate. That's actually, yeah, that's, that's what kind the word of the was meant word. for. Yeah, that's what the word was meant for. It's what they're doing. Yeah, absolutely. So when you look at it from that perspective, that's exactly why they would want to choose these things. Now, talking about uh, bundling the vaccination with other safety net services, oh, you want to be able to use the emergency room? Well, you know, if you want to go to your doctor, if you, you know, you you want routine medical care, well, guess what? You're going to have to take this. That that's kind of what that's saying. That's that's what it's talking about with safety net services saying, you know, you get sick or you need an ambulance to pick you up. Oh, did you have your shot? No. Well, we, we won't pick you up unless you agree that we could give you the shot when we get there. That kind of thing. So well, think we're, we're doing that now. We're just not aware of it. You want to do commerce? What's your straw man name? Uh, we mm -hmm. think it's we think, you know, people say, well, I think that's me. It's not you. So to engage in commerce, you're already kind of doing something like that at a certain level. And it's pretty clear that there's going to be strings attached to a lot of things. And the problem is one of the main problems is how can any of this come to fruition as long as America or the idea of America stands? Doesn't America really have to go away? 
I mean, here where I am, they're pulling down 200-year-old statues of Columbus who supposedly founded America. Everyone knows it's not true. Everyone knows there were other people here. So not only is it not true, it's provably nonsense. But what does Columbus have in his name? Well, what's Washington, D.C.? It's a dip, you know, a district of Columbus or Columbia. Or, you know, we can go on and on about these things, but there's reasons for these things. And they're starting to obscure that whole founding idea here in this state. Well, they changed the name of Rhode Island. By the way, I got it wrong. I thought they voted it down. They took Providence Plantations out because clearly that's too racist to remain because that's important. Well, supposedly a pandemic is going on. My point is, is I suspect one of the long run games is going to have to be the dissolving of the United States. Um, because as long as there's any semblance or memory of what people who grew up here know, a lot of this stuff isn't going to fly and people aren't going to give up their right to bear arms, which is protected into forever, you know, forever by the Dict Act, among other things. Um, they got a tough road to hoe here. And for the life of me, I don't think they can do it without dissolving. And I think that's part of the setup for the, uh, the state governments, too, who they've uh, co coerced into basically creating the, the worst crimes that are imaginable. Uh, they've violated every constitution and every rule that they took an oath for. And I think you're totally right on, on cue there. Like that, That's totally what they have in mind. They do need to dissolve America, or at least what America once was, in order to make this thing work. And they speak about that. A lot of these different uh, social planners and stuff in their writings and their books. For example, I could look at uh, a guy named Zbigniew Brzezinski, uh, who he passed away just a couple of years ago, but uh, he wrote many books talking about uh, what he foresees happening in the the future of world affairs with, with international affairs and stuff like that and talks about how america is not going to be the powerhouse in the world that it once was and that kind of a thing so you could see how the political pundits have had this all planned out decades in advance as well uh, just another one more it's, comment you, about you can the prove net. that by the way wayne go ahead yeah i was just going to say one more comment about the safety net services that'll be like your medicare that kind of thing oh you like your medicare benefits well if you want to be able to get your Medicare benefits, you're going to have to get this shot. That's that's exactly how they'll coerce the, the vast majority of the people. Oh, you like to use your health insurance? Well, in order for your health insurance to cover your medical bills, you have to get this. That There it goes. That, I mean, that's bottom line with that. So I finally, I've been talking a little bit about uh, the 1970, whatever the heck it is, old movie Rollerball. I'm not talking about the modern remake. I don't know anything about that. But I'd recalled that they were echoing everything about where we are now. So I went back and I watched it. Um, and it's it's astonishing. It's a one-to-one. -one. Um, the whole the whole rollerball game was designed to prove to the population what the most popular entertainment in the world, which was the sport rollerball, that individual effort is futile. And so the character played by James Caan becomes a world hero. Um, because he doesn't get killed. He just keeps winning and keeps winning. And they change the rules every night, hoping the dude will die. So I finally tell him, you got to retire. And he says, no, I'm not going to retire. <laughs> he says a few things in it that are uncanny. He goes to Geneva, where the main computer for the world is, where all books and all knowledge are now stored. And by the way, they just lost the, the complete history for the 13th century. Hint, hint, hint. Um, but he he stops at one point after he learns all he can 
And he says, it's almost like people a long time ago had a choice between comfort and easy things or freedom. And they went for the easy things. I'm telling you, the movie is a one-to-one allegory for the year 2020. Um, And by the way, the entire world is run by a corporation openly. Instead of governments, you have executives. People should go back and check it out. How the hell could they have had any inkling? And by the way, it's the same guy who did Fiddler on the Roof, Norman Jewison, who, by the way, is not Jewish, according to his own statement. Didn't uh, Philip Philip K. Dick write that? those kinds of concepts into a lot of his stories though that dystopian governments have collapsed corporations took over concept wasn't isn't that in tons of his stories sure there's a lot in the dick but i mean it's almost so specific as to be i i don't know how to frame it i mean if if i knowing everything having lived up to this point if i was going to write a movie and then go backwards in time um it would look something like rollerball it's a pretty damn match one-on-one allegory um, to, to what's happened. The whole the whole premise is a bit like Ayn Rand. Ayn Rand um, is a pretty important author. It's unfortunate she got turned into a political football. The right wing grabbed onto her and then hmm. all the work she did became almost meaningless because it became political, which is meaningless. But Ayn Rand had a similar idea with why do I have to listen to what the group is doing if I can excel beyond the group? Now, some people took it to mean selfishness. Some people took it to mean a lot of things. But if you really boil it down, if you were a free, godly person, free of systems, laws, all this nonsense we deal with, you would excel at the rate you excel at. Um, so those ideas are, again, echoed in Ayn Rand just in a different way. But I don't know how Hollywood produces a movie like Rollerball without some inkling of what's about to happen. Either that or this happens every 500 years and we just don't know it. Is Mad Max a sequel to uh, Rollerball? <laughs> not e- not even close. HHS and CDC should work together with state and local health authorities to develop clear communication strategies for describing where vaccines are available, who should be seeking them, and if there is any cost to individuals, how much it will be. Who should be seeking them? I thought they just talked about even-handed with this for everybody, yeah. but now it's targeted in some way. Well, they got to cover all the angles, don't you know? They got to yeah. plan for for both contingencies, whether people want it or not. They got to make sure people get it. We were all hoping they were angels, and we just found out they're really angles. Uh oh, this <laughs> this next one's going to talk about us. Recommendation number four: communicate in meaningful, relevant, and personal terms, crowding out misinformation. <laughs> a profusion of information and misinformation now circulates about the beer bug pandemic. Despite the first beer bug vaccine being at a minimum months away from materializing, the topic of vaccination has already commanded immense public attention and generated its own pool of misinformation. Uh-huh. In an already volatile and uncertain pandemic environment, health communicators are faced with a complicated challenge of engaging, educating, and empowering audiences who have diverse beliefs and life circumstances. You know, it's ironic. You know, remember when we used to sit around in school and think, boy, look at those dumb Russians and all the propaganda that they fell for. Look at those <laughs> dumb Nazis and all the propaganda. That, well, what the hell do you think we're looking at? Got a at diaper here, on your face? You know? 
Well, yeah, it's, it basically what this whole thing just said is we're the only people that are right in the world, and if anyone says anything different, they're wrong, and we've got to stop them. Basically. The U.S. government should sponsor rapid efforts for public stakeholder engagement, formative research, and message development in connection with beer bug vaccines. All of these efforts must be apolitical and should involve direct longitudinal engagement with communities so adjustments can be made if attitudes or beliefs change over time. Does anyone <laughs> actually know what longitudinal engagement means without looking it up? Um, the language in this, it's almost like this whole document is just a lost leader. It's almost <laughs> like they're just saying blah, blah, blah in a way. <laughs> they might as well be, but uh, what they're saying here is they need to this direct longitudinal engagement with communities so adjustments can be made if attitudes or beliefs change over time. So therefore, if people begin to get this shot and have serious adverse effects from it and they don't want to get the second shot or, you know, um, people see that they've had these bad side effects and they don't want to get the shot, well, they have to change their attitude now. They have to adjust on the fly. They have to change up the propaganda on the fly to uh, coerce these people into doing it. That's what that's talking about right there. The CDC should apply its research capabilities in risk communication and community engagement in concert with a broader coalition with local connections, including state and local health departments, universities, and community organizations. Oh yeah, get everybody involved. Don't leave any stone unturned. Make sure we convince these freaking sheep to take the jab. Oh, especially the college kids. That's There it is, the universities, you know, that kind of thing. Make sure you fully indoctrinate and, you know, go ahead and give them their inoculation as well while they're being there indoctrinated make sure that they understand this is something they must do for the greater good they've that's, already that's massively poisoned the college kids with all this socialism uh, bullshit they sure have it's terrible it's they're, they're, terrible they, they all the think way, that socialism is a good off thing tuition with every shot <laughs> <laughs> see that yeah that might be a way to go Trusted community spokespersons should be engaged in communication efforts to amplify vaccine-affirming, personally relevant messages. Hi, I'm The Rock, and you should wear a face diaper. This will help neutralize misinformation about the beer bug vaccines and vaccination operations. There it is. Operations. There it is. <laughs> and it's dun, what it's dun, all about. Dun, Military dun, operation, dun. anyone? Hmm? And you notice how they switched over to COVID-19 and dropped all the SARS-CoV-2, you know, notice how all the language changed, vaccine operations, almost like a little military statement there. Yep. Recommendation number five, establish independent representative bodies to instill public ownership of the vaccination program. So again, I don't even need to go through this to know that they're saying get everybody on an individual basis in these tight-knit groups to want to do this for themselves. Don't worry about like the overall picture of the higher governments pushing it. No, no, no. Do it on the smaller level so people think it's coming from them and get everyone into rah, rah, rah mentality. We're doing things for the greater good of our little community right here at home. Or is, it, is it a double entendre? Once they get it in you, you, you're an owner of it whether you like it or not because it ain't never coming out of you. 
That's true. <laughs> peer pressure. Use the peer pressure to, to coerce people into doing it. You know, if all, all your friends are, are getting the vaccine, well, you're you're just a terrible grandma killer if you don't want to go get the vaccine, you know? That, that's exactly what they do. They use peer pressure. Baseline vaccine hesitancy and uneven access to care, coupled with current opposition to mask wearing and physical distancing despite active beer bug disease, no, you say that there's an active beer bug disease, suggests that public health authorities need to rethink how best to manage the pandemic and to spur recovery. The only time that anyone hears about there being a pandemic is when you say that there is. I don't see one. When you turn on the TV or pick up a newspaper, it's the only time. Sure as shit. I talk to a lot of people and doesn't seem to be an issue. Governance structures for the U.S. beer bug vaccination program that incorporate public oversight and community involvement have the potential to inspire greater public confidence in and a sense of ownership of the public health intervention. Such ownership, quote unquote, can strengthen the intent to vaccinate and ensure that distribution systems reach throughout communities, thus helping to assure the fitting and fair use of a public good. I still could have sworn this thing had a 99.97% recovery rate. It's this whole thing, or Peter Sellers could be reading this. Mind Fjutter! You know, it's it, the whole thing is just so bald-faced propaganda, so one-sided, and so kind of coercive to force this idea into mainstream, come hook or crook. Do it for the motherland. Yarnline president. There it is. Can't you just, couldn't you take the, the paragraph you just read and swap it into that movie? It would fit perfectly. Well, I could reread it in that voice if you like. All right, don't get carried away. <laughs> <laughs> the U.S. government should sponsor a national panor, panel of experts convened by a politically neutral entity. For example, the National Academy of Sciences, Engineering, and Medicine. Yeah, they're real fucking neutral. The, to review, <laughs> synthesize, and report on best practices for engaging communities in vaccine allocation, deployment, and communication systems to achieve equity, solidarity, and good health outcomes. Do it because you're a good American, right? Unreal. Each state should establish a public oversight committee to review and report on systems that have an impact on public understanding, access to, and acceptance of beer bug vaccines. Moreover, this accountability mechanism can ensure that allocation is fair, that target groups receive vaccine. Target groups, I like that. Target, target uh, groups. We finally got there, didn't we? Yeah, there, there it is. It Set your sights, lock phasers on target, select. hit them and hit them hard. There it is. And that undeserved, wait, wait, what? Uh, underserved, excuse me. And that un, underserved pop, underserved. Hmm. And that underserved populations disproportionately affected during the pandemic are justly attended. Unless these critical steps are taken, a future beer bug vaccination campaign may fall short. A worst case scenario would involve an inability to stop the ravages of the disease. What fucking ravages? <laughs> Excuse me. Oh, no, I have a cold. And it's cascading social and economic effects. No, the only economic effects you caused. Fuck you. Excuse me. Further erosion of public trust in government, public health, and vaccine science and potential threat to other life-preserving and life-enhancing vaccination efforts. That life said, a successful beer bug vaccination yeah, endeavor... Whoa, whoa, time out. Life-enhancing vaccines? Are we going full-blown transhumanism here now? 
No, it makes your well, they are going to rewrite their DNA with it. They're pointing to right? <laughs> life enhancing. No, that's like a clown show. Yeah. What a clown show for sure. That said, a successful beer bug vaccination endeavor promises an alternative future. Rollerball. I'm sorry. A return to a sense of normalcy. Yeah, for sure. Major innovations in vaccine research and operations and the investment of U.S. society as a whole in making vaccines a public good in which all can share and derive value. Holy crap, you are so full of shit. I, I don't even know where to yeah. begin. Well, with, with that, you got to begin because I'm going to take about a three-minute break. I'll be right back. Take it away, Wayne. A return to a sense of normalcy. Not a return to normalcy, folks. A sense of normalcy. That sense. would be your new normal. Right. Major innovations in vaccine research and operations and the investment of U.S. society as a whole in making vaccines a public good in which we can all share and derive value. And once again, it talks a bit up out here about uh, vaccination endeavor that promises an alternative future. They are going full-blown transhumanism here. I guarantee you that's what they're talking about when they're talking about alternative future. Uh, you know, this this new sense of normalcy, a sense of normalcy, because by then everybody will be used to staying six feet away from each other, covering their face and only communicating on the Internet. So that's that's what it's talking about. That'll be the new sense of normalcy. That's the sense of normalcy they're talking about. Um, major innovations in vaccine research and operations. Um will be for the public good in which all can share and derive value. Well, if they link transhumanist augmentations to some type of a vaccination campaign, then, then you know, that might be what they're talking about where people can derive value from it. Um, it, it would be a value for some people, I'm sure. But, uh, like, th this is just off the chain. Like, honestly, uh, what they're talking about here. And they're worried that unless they're crit they take critical steps here, that their campaign may fall short. That's because nobody wants the damn thing because it's 99.6% recovery rate, okay? It's not necessary. I could understand maybe a little better if it was something like, you know, kind of scary like Ebola or something, you know? But you're talking about something that, uh, you know, the major treatment for is go home and rest. <laughs> Like, that's, that's what the, the protocol is. Go home and rest. Whatever happened to chicken soup, man? Yeah, really. Like, you can't inject that and make millions of dollars on it, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> I guess I guess you could if you're clever about it. But, you know, it might actually convey some health benefit to people, and you can't have that because then you don't have repeat business. How is this next section called the introduction? We went through an awful lot just to get to an introduction. But anyway, oh, yeah, they're calling yeah, this an introduction. the introduction to the introduction, I guess. Since its first appearance in the United States in February 2020, the novel coronavirus, or the beer bug, has infected more than 2.6 million Americans and killed more than 127,000 as of July 1st, 2020. I would say that's probably poppycock. Moreover, concern about exposure to the virus virus, in clinical settings has led many people to postpone diagnostic and therapeutic visits for other life-threatening health conditions and to forego life-enhancing immunizations. Oh, life-enhancing. There we go again life with absolute poppycock. 
Right. Pandemic There's... responses, including closing venues where person-to-person spread is likely, schools, churches, businesses, for example, and requiring the use of masks and physical distancing measures when human contact could not be avoided, have reduced the spread of... No, no, it, that's horseshit. At the same time... <laughs> where, these... where, where's the evidence of this? Yeah, where's oh, the evidence? Hey, hold here's on. the evidence, where Wayne. The Let's evidence? tell you some evidence. I drove... Uh, I don't remember how many hundreds of miles... Over 400 people met for Flattoberfest where I gave a presentation. I was treated so good and I'm, I was so humbled and thankful and appreciative of how people treated me like a rock star. I couldn't walk across the room without getting hugged and had my hand shaken and like all that kind of stuff. I was literally bombarded with hundreds of people and I feel fine just to let you know. Well, I'm glad to hear that. But here's, here's the <laughs> and thing. you know what? Here's I've asked, and my friend Brian Stavely does the same thing. I think a couple of us do. Nobody, not one, not a single person got a freaking sniffle. This is horseshit through and through. Right, and that's, that's the thing. But they make these statements, right, that, uh, you know, actually doing these measures, making people wear the masks and social distance has stopped the spread. Well, if that was the case then um, why are we having a resurgence now, allegedly? Because it's normal, that, that's normal the food thing. It hasn't worked. It hasn't worked, and there's no evidence that it has, but yet they keep telling you the lie over and over. It's a, a form of mind control programming. It's, it's part of that social engineering thing. They'll tell you the complete opposite of what's true. That hasn't done anything. That response hasn't done anything. And I, I know, um, you know, where I live... The vast majority of the people are walking around with the face diaper on all the time. And you know what? It hasn't stopped anything. Now, there's there's allegedly these record numbers of, of cases now that are going on here because, you know, well, if this really worked, then how come it didn't work? That's what, That's I, what my I, mother was telling me the same thing. And I said, where did you hear that, Mom? She said, well, they're saying it on the news. I was like, exactly. Yeah, it, it, it's crazy. But I do know personally some people now that have gone and got tested for this and have tested positive because they had some kind of a symptom. I, I think the one person had a headache and was running a low-grade fever and decided – and all of her friends told her she needs to go and get tested. So she did, and sure enough, she tested positive. And then some other folks had some sniffles, runny nose kind of thing, low-grade fever, went and got tested. They tested positive. And, you know, the – in the one case, they said, well, your symptoms are so mild, just go home and rest. And, and that's, that's the protocol. And that's like everybody that I, I, I know that has had this diagnosis, that's what they're told. Just go home, rest, take Tylenol for the fever. <laughs> that's what they tell them to do. So my question then is, why would you even bother to go get tested? Does it change the strategy? Does it change up the, the, the treatment, the course of treatment? No. If you catch a cold... Or like even say you have the flu or something. Previous years, you're like, oh, I'm sick. I should stay home, you know, and you know, stay and you know, get some extra rest and maybe drink some chicken soup and take some Tylenol and wait for it to pass. Or go to work. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. That's the thing. But in this case, they go and they get this test. And then sure enough, this this test that's fraudulent from the get-go comes back positive. So then they have to go sit home for – now It's they changed it from 14 days to like 7 to 10 days, they say. And, you know, how do they determine, eh, are you okay after 7 days or 10 days? What is it? They, they don't even have a definitive time frame now. And so it, it's it's – 
nonsense on the face of it. And it just boggles my mind that people will actually run out and get tested the, the second they have the slightest symptom of anything. And they they attribute symptoms of everything to it. That's the propaganda, you know. That is the propaganda. Uh, Web Identity is asking, how do we fight this unified? I'm, uh, I'm actually getting uh, hot off the presses from the hacker community that sites are going down everywhere. Microsoft died today. Looks like there's a WordPress. What? Looks like there's a WordPress core version going out that's bringing down all kinds of sites, and apparently Microsoft products went down all day. Something's going on. Hmm. Interesting. Uh, so let's see if we can answer this. How do we fight this unified? Well, we're kind of doing it right now where we're taking their papers, breaking them down and disseminating this information out to hundreds, which will then become by by another day or so thousands of people. This is one way we can do it. Uh, get to know people in your area. This is something that Rose and I have tried to do here. There's not a lot, but there are a few. We've even gotten together a few times like that. Uh, what do you guys suggest? I mean, place meetings and get-togethers, you know, when you can pull them off is, of course, an awesome thing to do. Uh, support businesses that don't uh, listen to any of the draconian measures that the governments try to put in place. Uh, I'd say that's a good way to do it, too. Give yep. them the business. Help them out. Absolutely. Uh, they appreciate you. Um, if you could <laughs> go there and they're stay not going to hassle you for not wearing a mask and they don't care if you sit six feet apart from everybody – Go there. Do that. Um, That's what we so, do. If somebody harasses me, you don't get my money. You don't deserve my money. Right. That's the thing. Let you, let your pocketbook talk. You know. I, I mean that. That's the thing that these people. Uh, that that's where they they the most don't want to get hit right now, especially uh, the smaller businesses, because you know if if they're getting pummeled the way they are, uh, they they need every dollar that comes in the door. So they're foolish. If they're going to turn you away, first of all, for not wearing a, a face mask or something stupid like that. But if they're stupid enough to comply with that, then go to the places that are not going to comply with that. Give them the business instead. They're the ones that I think are going to be more the ones that are going to stand up against this stuff than the person that kowtows to it. So that's one way. And like you said, uh, sharing documents like this in a public forum such as this, it gets out there. And people see this, and hopefully it impacts their mind in some way where they say, hey, you know what? Maybe these guys are right. Maybe there was a lot of planning involved with this. Maybe there's something more to this than, you know, what the surface narrative is. And, you know, then they, they tell their friends, and the, the word spreads. Crowley, back with us? Yeah, I'm here. Sorry. I'm is there something you wanted to uh, disseminate? No, so when something's going on online, um, WordPress sites are going down all over. Apparently, all the Microsoft things, uh, like Xbox and other things, went down earlier. So something's going on, yeah. Hmm. But we don't That's know anything else about it. Um, remember a couple of weeks back, YouTube went down and, and that kind of thing for a while, too. Yeah, don't you remember me saying, hey, I don't know if we're doing a live stream tonight because the, the thing was out. It was like, was that last week or the week before? couple weeks back now it was but it's weird that it all happens within a couple weeks of each other now well you got to imagine that we're going to see a lot of things changing as we run into the low point of the sun here um you just got to watch ancillary stuff stuff you wouldn't pay attention to normally like how many corona beer commercials did you see while this was going on and <laughs> now what, what do you see when they do come on 
got to pay attention to things like that because that's big business and big business is all in bed together at this point. So look at the names of things, watch what's going on. And I swear, I, I've been sitting here as you go through this document, just pulling the words that don't fit, that are clearly newspeak. Um, it's unreal what's in these words. Uh, it's pretty clear that it's malicious to me using words like crosscut. Um, it has no, no defendable purpose in a document about the health of a world community. Um, Eric yeah, is asking what a WordPress site is. Uh, WordPress is, is a, one of the current, it's kind of like what HTML used to be. That was one of the big things used to build websites. It's one of the primary website building programs used these days. Yeah, it relies on PHP and they've been doing a lot to screw uh, with WordPress sites because it became one of the default ways to make a website that does everything because all the plugins um, but they can screw with you through the PHP updates. They can bring you down. Um, there's just all kinds of things, which I don't even like to talk about on the air because I've had to deal with most of them. Um, but clearly something is going on here. Um, I think over the next few days, we'll probably see quite a bit um, of online stuff going on, but we'll just have to wait and see what that might be. At the same time, these protective actions have radically, radically transformed social life and disrupted national and household economies. Uh, by your doing, I might add. Nobody made that decision for themselves. As the health crisis continues to linger and pandemic fatigue starts to take hold, political leaders, health officials, and the general public are eager for solutions. I have, an, I have a solution. Stop doing that. Okay? If you're sick, yeah, stay home. Yeah. Common uh, sense. Here's... Here's, here's some advice for, you know, the government agencies and health officials and political leaders and all these people that are looking for a solution. Just mind your own damn business and let people live their lives like normal. There it is. It's as simple as could be. One of the most promising interventions, if successfully developed and deployed, is vaccines that would... That's that's not grammatically correct. Are vaccines that would provide individual and population level immunity. And through these the conditions for routine social and economic activities to fully resume. Okay, let's just stop with that. If you would just leave shit alone and stop scrubbing everything to death and stop making everybody into a germaphobe, this would happen naturally because there is no lie in nature. Nature will take care of itself. Yeah, um, it's pretty sad when uh, Howie Mandel looks like the voice of reason in the world right <laughs> now. <laughs> um, uh, think about that, but... This this is what they they're pushing, and this is kind of how they're uh, they're doing things. To facilitate the development and dissemination of such vaccines, the U.S. government has committed over ten billion dollars for Operation Warp Speed, a public-private <laughs> partnership involving several government agencies, including the CDC, the Food and Drug Administration, and the Department of Defense. Okay, so now we're making Star Trek references. Warp Factor Two, Captain. The primary aim of OWS, Operation Warp Speed, is to deliver 300 million doses of a safe, effective vaccine by January 2021. Oh, that's next month, folks. While this o timeline... OWS is a 9-11 encode, by the way. Oh, no. No, shocking. I would never expect that from anything like Excuse this. me one moment. I need to pick my jaw up off the floor. <laughs> While this timeline is likely overly optimistic, oh, no, 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 au contraire, back in July or, Jan or June, whenever they said this was, uh, they want to start uh, the first rounds in two weeks from here. 
While this timeline is likely over, overly optimistic, vaccine development, especially against a pathogen for which no vaccine currently exists, and by the way, in December of 2020, you still haven't even isolated the damn thing, as is the case with coronaviruses, typically takes 10 to 15 years. Progress is being made. As of June 30th, 2020, more than 125 vaccines are in preclinical evaluation, 14 are in phase one and two safety trials, one has entered phase three of efficacy trials, and one vaccine was recently approved in China for military use. Well, that's because they're guinea pigs. Uh, by the way, no matter how safe they might think it is in the immediate, you won't know unless you can time travel how bad this thing will be on people and on their bodies and the God only knows what it's going to do to them in the years to come because those years haven't happened yet and you're going to push this on a gazillion people. Well, one thing's for sure, you can't take it out if you don't like it. No, that's for sure. And uh, here's the other thing. Although they're introducing this, uh, you know, the, these COVID vaccines, especially the Moderna one, um, they're, they're introducing them as a new take on a vaccine, like a new vaccine technology that works and operates differently than what the other vaccines do. They've been actually working on this for years, folks. That's the thing. That's how they could roll this out so quickly right now. All right. This isn't something new. They were developing this thing and calling it a universal flu vaccine uh, years ago. I covered this last year um, on one of the one one show that I appeared on. I, I don't even remember which one it is now. Uh, it was some might have been one of Billy Ray Valentine's shows. I, I don't remember. I think it might have been America Unplugged. But I, I covered some of this that uh, they were working on at that time, this universal flu vaccine that used very similar approaches to what they're using for this COVID vaccine. So this stuff's been in development for a while. So it's it's a blatant lie that, uh, you know, they, they didn't have anything. They, they just started working on this back in March or whenever it is that they claim that they did. Uh, it's been in development for a while. And I think maybe they, they got an inkling that they might be able to do something that they wanted to do with it. So they rolled it out now as the, uh, the vaccine for the, the Corona thing going on here. So I, I just realized the COV2 thing. Sorry for interrupting, but I figured out the COV-2 thing, COVID-2. It's C plus O plus V minus two, so it's eleven. <laughs> well, <laughs> never never ends, does it? Never ends. Despite promising technological output, Operation Warp Speed, and the existing structures of national, state, and local government on which it is built, nonetheless manifests a key social gap. Manifests, ladies and gentlemen. Just nice word there. The program rests on the compelling yet unfounded presupposition that if we build it, they will come. Huh. I can hear a whole bunch of Mandela people going nuts there. Where, where have we heard that before? <laughs> Past experience in routine and crisis contexts demonstrates that, for a variety of reasons, not all segments of the public accept vaccines. And damn smart of them, too. Vaccine hesitancy was declared a top 10 global health threat by the World Health Organization in 2019. Yeah, because you were gearing up for this bullshit. In the United States, public reluctance to be vaccinated is expanding. Recent measles outbreaks reflect parental concerns about vaccines, and each year, many adults refuse the seasonal influenza vaccine or get it like, since when do humans need a bloody vaccine for a flu? I mean, you'd swear the human race almost went extinct over this nonsense until the 20th and 21st centuries. Come on. 
Among Americans polled between May 14th and May 18th, 2020 by the Associated Press, uh, NORC Center for Public Affairs Research, don't know what that is actually, 49% reported they planned to accept a beer bug vaccine, but 20% said they would not. Ooh, God, they need to get that higher. Another 31% were not sure. Black and Hispanic Americans were more likely than white Americans to say they did not plan to get the vaccine if it becomes available. Hmm. And I'm going to go on record here and say those numbers are BS. Um, Complete sorry. BS. 49% people Please. did not report that they plan to accept it. Uh, it. The average person you talk to in the street wants nothing to do with it simply because it's an experimental vaccine. They would rather take their chances with the actual disease itself. And now uh, I've seen um, some uh, unsavory uh, government types and stuff coming out and saying that uh, recently people have been trying to purposely get themselves infected with this just to get it over with and that that's not a wise course of action. So they're trying to deter people from from doing that, but still pushing the idea that the vaccine can somehow save you from this. That brings up another big point. Um, We've been told our whole lives that once you get a flu, Uh, You can't get that flu ever again, right? So that means that everyone who's had this, um, which they didn't, but that we're told did, uh, they're immune now. So all those big numbers, all those big scary numbers are all people who should, by the rules we've been told, the way the game plays, are now immune. Right? Mm. Yeah, that's the theory, but they say this one's different somehow uh, because it mutates so quickly or something. Well, that's for the dash two. You see, next it'd be COV dash three. You know, it'll just keep morphing. Well, it's going to be it's going to be COVID twenty one very soon. They're going to say it changed. Yeah, that's also all part of the game plan here. You could kind of see how they cue that up. Uh, They're talking about you know they talk about the second wave and oh it mutates and you know uh, the next one might be worse than this and Bill Gates comes out and says oh the second wave will get their attention and all of this stuff with a smirk. It's yeah, so it's like they, you know they're gearing up for it, and you know probably more than likely this vaccine is going to play a part in that because they're, you know these people will line up, get this stupid vaccine, and then they'll come down with COVID-21. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Because, and then they'll say, oh, well, it, it, you know, because of uh, you know, the, 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 the numbers and stuff like that, it mutated and it became a more virulent strain and it's just like the flu shot. And then they'll be developing these coronavirus shots on and on for infinity that you'll have to get every year, just like a stupid flu shot. And they'll just be making the profits over and over again and people will get sicker and sicker. Baseline vaccine hesitancy and uneven access to vaccines, coupled with the country's currently charged political environment and fragmented pandemic response, call for effective planning and implementation of a beer bug vaccine program. Well, just about everything you just said in that statement is a lie. If poorly designed and executed, a beer bug vaccination campaign in the United States could undermine the increasingly tenuous belief in vaccines and the public health authorities that recommend them, especially among people most at risk of beer bug impacts. At the same time, the broad impacts of a successful vaccine program are considerable. Immediate benefits include interrupted disease transmission. That's bullshit. Fewer cases, hospitalizations, deaths, and chronic sequelae also bullshit, and fully reinstated social, educational, and uh, commercial exchanges, also complete and utter bullshit. 
Longer-term effects include improved institutional capabilities to foster vaccine confidence among diverse communities, enhanced literacy around the value of of vaccinations to society, publicly embraced innovations, uh, novel vaccine platforms and delivery, and heightened trust in government, science, and public health. But you're all a bunch (laughs) of liars! Wow. Wow, where do I begin in tearing this whole thing apart? Uh... Immediate benefits include interrupted disease transmission. Nah, fewer cases. Nah, hospitalizations, deaths, and, and chronic sequelae, and fully reinstated social, educational, and commercial exchanges. See, they're tying this whole thing. You, you can't go back to school or work until you get the vaccine. Then you can go back, and that's the that's the big takeaway that you get here. That is the uh, the success of this thing. This is the benefit that you get. You could go back to life like normal. That we took away from you. That's it. That's what they're using to leverage people into getting this thing. Uh, there's no health reason for it. Uh, so this is what they're doing. They're holding you hostage with it. That's essentially what's going on. Um, it's crazy. And it's no wonder that people are hesitant about vaccines and, and hesitant to trust these health authorities and, and this whole thing. I mean, especially when you look at this going on right now. Most people, I think, are getting to be of the mindset, you know what, even if this is a real thing, the reaction to it is way overblown. And people are getting sick and tired of it. All right, let's see. I lost my place in my document. Here we are. Under these circumstances, what can be done to ensure that U.S. populations, particularly those at high risk for serious illness from the beer bug, benefit from beer beer bug vaccines? With the current lag time in vaccine availability, what do they mean by that lag time? Any of these things take, what, a decade or more to, to construct? properly? I mean, come on. U.S. vaccination planners and implementers can exercise foresight and take proactive steps now to overcome potential hurdles to vaccine uptake. You mean like what? Pushing flu shots every freaking place you go and you can't go anywhere without having it shoved up your nose? The purpose of this report is to aid such endeavors by anticipating major challenges and opportunities in connection with human factors associated with beer bug vaccines. Holy crap, that sounded like corporate rhetoric. The report leverages findings from the social, behavioral, and communication sciences in connection with vaccine confidence, hesitancy, and access, as well as the expert judgments of a multidisciplinary working group about how that knowledge likely applies in the beer bug context. Because some issues are still unknown and solutions are yet to be developed, rapid response research and human-centered design efforts will be necessary to engage the public and to have a successful pandemic vaccination campaign. What follows? And they're talking, they're ahead, talking about say this part. propaganda. That's all propaganda. The whole thing was, was nothing but horseshit propaganda. It, it's corporate propaganda. <laughs> how, how can we convince people to take this thing that they don't want, basically? Yep. That's what it is. Uh, if these people could have hired Bernays, I'm sure they would. <laughs> <laughs> that, that's essentially what they're doing here. They're trying to use that's, the old propaganda. And now we can't get the fluoride out of the damn water because it was from yeah, him. Kind of scary because they still have everything Bernays figured out worked. Well, I yeah. keep telling people that. I always tell them, have you ever heard of Edward Bernays? Well, you need to, man. All right, so we're running low on time here. Is there, uh, Wayne, how much have you gone through this document? Is there anything we want to make sure we get in? 
Uh, I think let's cut down to the section that says cross-cutting recommendation. Put people at the center of a revolutionary SARS-CoV-2 vaccine enterprise. And they're using uh, the different language uh, type ideas here once again. The cross-cutting uh, that doesn't belong there. The, the and splicing uh, recommendation. And, it, and they're invoking the, the Star Trek idea again. It's an enterprise, you know, Operation Warp Speed you, you could see. You know, or they, they get a prize when it enters you. And <laughs> what page did you jump down to, Wayne? Uh, that Cross-cutting is recommendations, page... the blue header. Oh, okay. Yeah, the, right here. Page three, I guess it says. No, no, I got uh, it. Yep. Uh, uh, all right. So, the current scenario. Human factors, including understandings of disease, perceptions of risk, and social factors affecting access are central to vaccine uptake. This has proven true in the past for both routine and emergency vaccinations. Despite this fact, funding for human factor research, and particularly agile and timely funding, is not commensurate with its significance for the success of a vaccination campaign, namely one in the middle of a public health emergency. The only reason there's an emergency is because you say so. There isn't actually one. Can because anyone can news. anyone here? There are hundreds of people watching this, and within days it'll be thousands. Can anyone convince me that there's an actual public health emergency going on right now? Because I say, poppycock. You know what they're doing here in the state of Rhode Island? I just saw the other day that they're putting out two field hospitals um, when all the hospitals are empty. <laughs> I talked to people. Yeah, all the they time. did that months ago. Remember, that was like an early yeah. on thing, and nobody used the damn things because no, they didn't they need them. Empty. It's crazy, and they're filming them empty. And they'd say things like, "In the first day of operation, five people already came in." And it's like, "Holy crap! That's five that's your freaking emergency." <laughs> hey man, five I got people. Call the national guard. <laughs> There's your national emergency. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to wear this Band-Aid, even though I don't have a cut on my finger. I'm going to wear the Band-Aid anyway. <laughs> I'll tell you, I, I don't I don't know. They, they put up these stupid, you know, emergency field hospitals or whatever. They did that back in the beginning. They sat empty. Like, yeah. they, they actually, they lost more money putting these things up. Than, and they're still, they're still playing the whole same game where they're talking about, they're worried that the hospitals are going to be overrun and this and that. And you don't see it. They sit empty. Like, they've laid people off. They've laid people off. Hospitals have been laying people off since this whole thing started. Because there's just nobody going and, you know, filling the hospitals. So that should tell people something right there. All right. So let's see. Well, we can go through this part. Conceived as a biotechnology and logistics challenge, beer bug vaccination is equally complex in terms of human factors. If we build it, they will come is a naive presupposition about humans and vaccines. And by the way, that's in the document. That's not because I've got a Mandela effect. In 2010, for instance, many Americans rejected the H1N1 influenza pandemic vaccine because of perceived safety concerns, despite the fact that the vaccine involved only a strain change uh, for example, it was not a new technology, and the vaccine had been fully tested before release. Does anyone and know? And the world didn't end. And huh? the world didn't end. The world didn't end, and guess right. what? It's not going to end now, except so, that so they're the, destroying here's it. Here's the thing people need to do, though. So here they are using the word novel. I don't know how many times they've done it in this document. You know what the definition on an average lookup for the word novel is? A fictitious prose yep. or narrative yep. of considerable <laughs> length and complex complexity 
portraying characters, and usually presenting a sequential organization of action and scenes. I repeat, a fictitious narrative of considerable length. These are words that are carefully chosen out for these documents, and that is among the easiest ways to see through that I know. Um, the first day that I heard the word COVID, I saw the word novel. Oh, that's and, that's and a buzzword. That's one of one of many. All the world is a stage, after all. Let's jump down to funding. H1N1 is a 9-11. They're, they're all 9-11. <laughs> Unreal. Shocker. Funding In contrast for... to the H1. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. Funding for vaccine-related research on human factors is not commensurate with its significance for vaccination success. Operation Warp Speed is providing over $10 billion to develop and distribute beer bug vaccines to the U.S. population. Project descriptions do not note any social and behavioral research investments. A relatively nominal investment, however, could vastly increase the likelihood of success for this high-impact initiative. Okay, well, yeah, I bet... Let's jump down to infrastructure to support methodical basic research in a steady state environment is not outfitted for applied research during rapid response to a dynamic crisis like the beer bug. In recent years, and driven by events such as the Deep Water Horizon oil spill... False rec- event. <laughs> fake event, fake event, fake event alert. Go ahead. Recognition of the need for timely quality disaster research has grown. Extreme events often entail high-impact decisions that benefit from well-timed data and science-based advice. At the same time, the quick pace, practical nature, and high human stakes of an emergency response are out of sync with the typically more methodical, abstract nature of academic research whose impacts are more iterative. Initiatives are underway to develop a community of practitioners and a supportive infrastructure for disease science in the United States, including professional networks, streamlined institutional review board processes, and joint responder research training. And guess what? They're all going to get the same freaking things saying this is the script that you push. Do you know how I know that? Look at all the store windows with all their stupid little signs up. A lot of them are getting paid to have can't come in without a mask on. Do you think they wanted to do that on their own? No, they're being told to do it. Absolutely. And that just goes to show all the planning that's been involved with this. Amazing how, uh, you know, everybody got plexiglass installed at the cash registers all over the place and stuff now, too. Hmm. Strange, isn't it? Is that Um, ever going away? No, probably not. I mean, after, you know, people make the investment, there it is. It's it's not something that's easy to get rid of. It's a giant sheet of plexiglass. What are you going to do with it? How are you going to get rid of it? I mean, well, a lot of them are half-assed contraptions, just bolted up there really quick, like a piece of the plexi, a thin plexiglass, right. on uh, like real. Um, it's all virtue signaling. It is. What, it is. what does it do? It stops these microscopic death bullets. <laughs> yeah, from you know going through it, but they could easily pass over or underneath the plexiglass, <laughs> you know, or around it. <laughs> It's amazing. I don't know why, you know, it's just ridiculous on the face of it. Like all these these different um, things that they've done, but they've rolled it out everywhere. So that should tell people there's been central planning for all of this. All right. We're just about out of time. I think we've made the point that these people are really, really ready to push serious propaganda on as many people as possible in every way possible 
to get you to take this highly experimental at best drug. <clears throat> Anybody want to do any kind of final thoughts here? We're all In like a Jerry real Springer emergency, here. You don't have to do marketing and special study groups and propaganda. In a real situation, there would be a real need and people would line up because everyone would know someone who's not here anymore. And that's just not the case. And it shows what a farce all this is. And what's more, um, their 49% marker for people who are lining up to it's BS. Um, we saw real numbers not too, too long ago before all this broke. And even then, it seemed like probably 70% of the country was questioning vaccines. And actually, uh, that mostly they were relying on older people um, who just sit in front of the news too much. But it's all, uh, it's all propaganda. And anyone who sat there in school and laughed at all those other countries at the ridiculous propaganda, well, look who's laughing now. Yeah, and we're, you know, largely in this uh, society walking around with our faces covered all the time, afraid of our neighbors. I mean, it, it's it's ridiculous. And yet, you know, you look back at these different uh, things like, you know, laughing at the, the propaganda of Russia and all these different things. And you think, well, how could these people fall for that? Well, look around. It's going on today. It, it's a very successful uh social engineering campaign that they've done see that's that's the real thing behind this whole pandemic it's a social engineering pandemic it's all socially engineered it's nothing um that that's an actual real physical thing per se it's all in people's minds see that's where they got you it, it all exists only in your mind and only through the application of fear to your mind and that's how this whole thing works and has been promulgated that's the real pandemic right there. It's fear, and it's it's affecting people's minds, and it only exists in your mind. If you go out into your local neighborhood, yeah, maybe people get sick or something, but doesn't that happen every day, like all the time anyway? That's Hasn't the thing. that they're, happened they're, every day since the beginning of time? And Pretty you know, much. People yeah, are and, still here. Absolutely. People get sick. It's just a fact of life. And, yeah, sometimes there's a bad flu or something that goes around. This is no different. I mean, the only thing that's different now is it, they've used it as an excuse to take away your rights and bankrupt you and put you on the government tip. That's what they want to do with this and bring about their uh, World Economic Forum Great Reset plan. So that, that's, that's what the real at. thing here. Let's let's, well, we let's should, not let's not mince we, words. We should we should close by shining some light. Um, we're we're going into a new era here. Um, the best description I've ever seen of the age we're leaving is, I believe in things. And I think if you examine everything from religion to science to school, you could easily, in my lifetime, sum up what I've been here to see as I believe in things. The age we're going into is supposed to be I know things. And that's a big difference, the difference between knowing and believing. This almost feels like a desperate last bid to try to put controls that are not easily shunted aside as we go into this uptick. These people know about the sky clock. They know when their chances are good at doing this, that, or the other thing. And that's all based on the sky clock. And the same way we know when we get to winter, it's more likely we're going to see snow. It's a fact. Everybody knows it. But for some reason, we can't possibly stretch our little minds out to realize it has more to do than just summer, winter, and fall and autumn. Uh, it runs everything. Everything runs in the same way. 
There's very few simple rules that, that organize this system. My point being is this desperate bid is not going to last forever. And even if everything goes as badly as we can imagine it going right now, people will survive this and life will go on. Um, point I would make is not only does this feel rushed, when you read documents like this, it feels kind of desperate. And so you know one of the main tools is going to be media saturation and fear. They're going to do everything they can. You'll lose your job. You'll will isolate you. will lock you in, you know, anything they can think of. But at the end of the day, they have to get your consent. Now, if enough people in the world start to wake up to the fact that they don't have to give their consent, um, things start to change. But as we head into this new era, this, this BS is not long for this world. I don't know if it ends in a year from now or 10 or 50 or even 100 years, but it's not long for this world because there's another rule in nature that proves anything that is built that will last must be built on a true foundation. There's not an ounce of true foundation under any of this. So I'm just saying, um, things could go badly, but we'll weather it. And by the way, people will be here. This is not going to end people. People have been here for a long time. They're going to be here for a much longer time. It's not some random thing we're all doing here. Um, I'm just saying, there's really no reason to feel so hopeless. Even if things go terribly, terribly wrong, we'll get through this and this crap, this house of cards is coming down sooner or later, hopefully sooner. All right, that's going to do it. Wayne, you want to talk about anything you do and how awesome you are? Um, not particularly. Uh, I just put a new video out on my channel uh, yesterday talking about uh, the externalization of the hierarchy by Alice Bailey. Uh, people could check that out if they want to have a little bit clearer understanding of some of the occult underpinnings to a lot of these ideas. Um, other than that, my new book is out now. Um, you know, I'm here every Wednesday. Uh, enjoy working with you guys. And, you know, uh, I'm going to be going on. Uh, we read the documents with John Brisson on Monday. We're planning on, on doing a show together. And other than that, I don't really have much else going on this week so um that's about it well the great ball um, just want to sorry go ahead um just want to close it out by saying here that uh be very weary of the this vaccine that's about <laughs> it i mean I, I think that goes without saying just know that every positive thing you see come out about it is nothing but pure propaganda backed up by no real science whatsoever Bingo. Are you doing a, uh, a show with Baldini anytime soon? Uh, I believe uh, we're due again Sunday for Sola Scriptura. Uh, and, uh, you know, he should be doing Poppy Cuck Report uh, tomorrow morning with Rose. And yep. uh, I think he does his um, um, Ancient Wisdom for a Modern World on Saturday mornings, if I'm not mistaken. He's got a full plate. So, he does. Uh, he does. He's he's been doing an awful lot lately. I think he's kind of wearing himself a little thin at, at points, but uh, man, he's he's he knows what he's doing, and you know he's he's uh, you know trying to do as much as he can, and I think he's kind of wearing a little bit of his time, uh, using a little too much time and and taking away from other things. But uh, that's that's not really my business to say, and I, I probably shouldn't have said that. But um, I, I'm concerned for the guy because I love him like a brother. Um, and you know, I, I want to support him in all the things he does. 
So um, he does a lot of lot of shows, and I try to get to as many of them as I can. But it's it, it's a rough thing trying to uh, listen to all this material all the time. <laughs> uh, I just don't have enough time in the day when you're you're producing content. Um, it gets to be where you can't listen to everything everybody's doing all the time. And that that's the hard part of it because I want to be there for everybody and, and listen to all that they're doing because there are so many great uh, content producers and stuff out there right now, uh, all of our friends in this community. And uh, as much as I want to listen to it all, I just don't have the time in the day. So, But anyway, check out Baldini's work. Uh, you guys, what's, what's coming up uh, for tomorrow's show uh, posting here at Midnight Crow? Um, I was going to say, oh, by the way, I saw someone post um, just now. They made my point for me. Uh, NASA's not going strong. NASA's been around for, what, 50 years, something like that, and they are privatizing into private corporations as quickly as they can so they can run and frickin' hide because their lies are all being discovered. So it kind of underscores what I'm saying here. There's another house of lies, house of cards, and what are they doing? They're handing off to private corporation. Why is that? Because you can't touch a private corporation. Um, anyhow, uh, tonight and actually, how many things I got to get done? Um, Where KL is coming back. People have been waiting. They remember the roadmap. They wanted the roadmap. So what we've got going on is a follow-up from KL on law, and he's providing three documents to download and a contact email. And here's the rub. It's only going to be for members, and we're not trying to be dicks about this. It's just about volume. Even with just membership, having access to all this, it will bring us to the limit, and it will bring him to the limit on what he can deal with. Today, I fielded something like 1,200 emails. So in the next few days, I can't imagine what's going to happen to him. Point is, is for those intrepid souls that are looking to break the imaginary chains we all wear, um, this is one of the ways that looks promising. I can't tell you what happens when 10,000 people do it, whether there's some repercussion, uh, but I can tell you that everything I've seen to now, it holds water from my point of view as much as I can know. But nobody should be fooled. It's not totally out. That is not the idea here. Totally out would be something like Kurt, Colin Back's idea of I'm a godly human being born and I don't have to put up with this BS. I came to be at the zygote and no, I'm out. Um, how that works, nobody's ever quite been able to wrench out of him. Um, but uh, the way we're doing it here is can you do commerce? Can you use money? Can you have these comfortable, nice things we all come to depend on and still maintain freedom and be free from basically being arrested in the policies of a system that's what we're going at here um did i drop anything there jason no that was uh, one hell of an episode we did with kl and he definitely explains things really well and he will take students by the way so check that out and see if it's something you want to know more about because he's got the goods i do believe all right i gotta say this for all you members you're gonna have access to download the documents and you're gonna have access to his emails don't spam the man yeah, don't if do you freaking <laughs> spam that man, you're ruining it for everybody. If you have serious intent, uh, that's one thing. But um, I don't think people realize what portion of my life alone goes into communication. And, and people get pissed off all the time because I write three words in a reply. And I'm not trying to be rude to people, but if you do 1,200 emails in a day and you spend 30 seconds on each one, do the math. How much life you've got left. 
So my point is, is he's stepped up to the plate here, and as a matter of, well, you'll see the documents. Um, it, it's all there. It's, I don't know, Jason, I'd almost say it's a little better than the roadmap um, because what it does is it gives you the content you need to know to get serious to become basically a student um, to get on the path. Yeah. All right. And by the way, if anyone is not sick of hearing my voice or Rose's voice, every Monday, uh, 9 Eastern, her and I are on with Jaron and David on TFR. So if uh, you ever want to tune into something else that we're not doing because uh, we won't be anywhere else, that is where we will be. Come join us. It's fun because they take calls in the second hour of that show. And it's always a little more lighthearted, and we always have a good time. I enjoy doing that every week. So that's it, folks. Uh, That'll do it for this week. We will see you soon. Take care.
Thank you. 